We do begin with a new Trump tape, this time in Michigan, and it could be powerful evidence for special counsel Jack Smith as he pursues felony charges against a former president for efforts to overturn the election. The Detroit News this morning reports there is a recorded phone call of Trump personally pressuring two Republican election officials in Wayne County, Michigan, telling them they would look, quote, terrible if they certified the results in their county. And Trump reportedly made that phone call right after this meeting back in November of 2020, during which those same two officials initially voted to block the certification before changing course. Well, who's supposed to say name? Name. There is no reason under the sun for us to have not certify this election. I believe that politics made his presence here today. This is reckless and irresponsible actions by this board. And the timeline here is very important. The Detroit News reports that in the phone call after that meeting, Trump told the officials, quote, we've got to fight for our country. We can't let these people take our country away from us. RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, still RNC chairwoman, was apparently on the call and said, quote, if you can go home tonight, do not sign it. We will get you attorneys. Trump added, we'll take care of that. Following that phone call, two officials refused to sign the official certification paperwork, and they publicly admitted they received a call from Trump and McDaniel. Here is how one of them described the call to reporters when asked about it a few days later. I received a call from the president. It was after the meeting, and he thanked me for my service asked me how I was doing. There was a genuine concern for my safety with what he had heard, the threats that were that were coming in. Are you saying the president's call had no influence on you recanting your vote? Absolutely. It's fair to say, based on the reporting, there was little more to it than that. CNN has not heard the recording of the phone call. Here's what Trump's campaign spokesman is saying about it. Quote, all of President Trump's actions were taken in furtherance of his duty as president of the United States to faithfully take care of the laws and ensure election integrity. Leading off to break this down for us, Sarah Kristoff, she's a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. To people who say, we've heard him on tape before, <laughs> how that's possible, I have no idea. <laughs> but what does this mean, bigger picture, given the fact he's already been indicted? And this seems to funnel directly into what the special prosecutor is looking at. Yeah, this is going to be very useful evidence for the special prosecutor. This is the type of evidence that juries like. I mean, they're going to love it, actually, uh, if they get to hear it. And so I think this is... You know, having this recording to supplement any witness testimony is really a, a useful piece of evidence for the special prosecutor. Would the courts look at this? Because the Trump defense, as we just read, is essentially this was an official act. This was in furtherance of the duties of a president. Courts have ruled that Mark Meadows' defense to that end doesn't, doesn't hold water. The same here for, you think, a presidential defense? To that effect? Yeah, I mean, their their statement here really ties into this argument they're gonna they're making in the appellate court and, and mm -hmm. probably the Supreme Court soon about the immunity. So they're really trying to put this activity within the core of his president, the former president's presidential responsibilities to try to get that immunity. One of the questions I had when this broke, beyond dude stop criming on phone calls, is does Jack Smith have this tape? And if he doesn't. Could he get it? And we don't know, but to the latter point, if he doesn't have the tape, does this mean he can get it very quickly? 
Yeah, you know, the, the one thing that the Department of Justice has is the ability to basically get whatever they want. So um, th they have access to information in a way that the rest of us don't have access to. So to the extent they don't have it, I'm sure it will be in their hands very shortly. Sarah, stay with us. We've got a lot more to get to this morning. And on that bigger picture this morning, the Supreme Court watch, it continues. The big question, how will justices handle cases with enormous political implications just weeks before the Iowa caucuses? Special Counsel Jack Smith again asking the court to decide immediately if Donald Trump has presidential immunity from alleged crimes committed while he was in office. CNN's Jessica Schneider joins us now. Just we're all kind of waiting on pins and needles for this. Do we have any idea when the court will weigh in? I mean, they really could decide at any moment, Phil, because the briefing is all in. The question is, will the Supreme Court agree to leapfrog the lower appeals court and hear this case quickly concerning whether or not the former president is immune from criminal prosecution in this January 6th case? So Trump's team, they've been arguing that the former president, he was operating, they say, within his official duties on and around January 6th. They say because of that, he can't be prosecuted. And they also say he's immune because he was acquitted by the Senate in his impeachment trial. Now, the lower court disagreed with that. She said Trump is not immune, the district court judge. And, you know, Trump's team, in the meantime, they've appealed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. But the special counsel is really asking the Supreme Court to leapfrog them, jump in now, not wait for the appeals process to play out, and to immediately hear this case. And this is how Jack Smith's team is arguing it. They're saying the public interest in a prompt resolution of this case favors an immediate definitive decision by this court. The charges here are of the utmost gravity. So now that it's all been fully briefed, all of the papers are in, we'll wait to see if the Supreme Court agrees to hear this case and put it on the fast track, maybe to be heard in the next several weeks, a decision potentially uh, before the end of their term in late June. And then, of course, Poppy and Phil, we're also expecting Trump's team to appeal that Colorado Supreme Court decision that said he should be taken off the ballot in that state because of the provisions of the 14th Amendment. Trump's team, they have until January 4th, really, to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court in order to stay on the ballot, at least for the primary. We'll see about the general election if he's the nominee, guys. Okay, just before you go, turning to another case, Trump is trying to delay the civil trial. It is set right now for next month. This is in a lawsuit by E. Jean Carroll. What are his legal yeah. options here? So they're really asking the federal appeals court to just pause this defamation trial. It's set for just a few weeks in mid-January. They're saying they want to have time to consider other ways to challenge the basis of this case. They lost recently when Trump tried to claim immunity in that defamation case. So now the legal team wants to go back to the drawing board. They want to determine other avenues of appeal. And they need time because the clock is ticking here. It's a January 16th trial date that's set. This would be the first of what's really scheduled to be a long list of legal proceedings over the next year that will cascade into the election year. So it's a lot for Trump's legal team to tackle. We have the defamation case beginning in January, and then the special counsel's cases could start as early as March 4th and then May for the classified documents case. So really, Trump's team in this particular E. Jean Carroll um, case, they're looking to delay here as much as they can. They're asking the, the appeals court to put a pause on things things so they can figure out how to maneuver now legally, guys. Jessica Schneider, thank you. Talk about all of this, Sarah, back with us. We're also joined by political reporter for Politico New York, Emily No, and CNN political commentator and Spectrum News anchor, Errol Lewis. Welcome to the table, guys. Errol, I just, I want to pivot back to what the Detroit News is reporting, that basically there's the Georgia call we know about, then now there's this Michigan call. 
from 2020. We haven't heard the tape, which I think is interesting. We, in Georgia, we heard it. We're going to um, have the reporter on next hour, so we'll talk to them about that. But what's your big takeaway here in terms of the political impact or non-impact? Well, no, I think there will be political impact. I mean, what we're hearing from the president on the campaign trail, he's starting to bring up the question of uh, the, the future of democracy and whether or not Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. It's not an attempt to disqualify him. That's what Hillary Clinton tried. That's what a lot of the Republican rivals tried in 2016, and that didn't really work. Uh, on the other hand, we saw in 2020, to great effect, Joe Biden saying, like, listen, we, we have seen what this means. This isn't just chaos. This isn't just... Uh, unfortunate statements. This is somebody who's striking at the heart of democracy. Mm. And all of the polling shows that once the, the January 6th hearings took place, the viewership uh, across all kind of media, people were riveted by it. Uh, the polling changed right away. People started to realize, hey, there's something really serious about this, about undermining our democracy. People like their democracy. They like their votes to count. You know, they came out. I mean, there was a really interesting... Uh, Jocelyn Benson, the, the, the Secretary of State, had a really interesting tweet just in the last day or so talking about how what made the difference, in her opinion, was that hundreds of people in Wayne County, the Detroit area, uh, all came out and demanded that their votes be counted. So, you know, I think politically that issue then starts to rise to the top. And the polling says su suggests that it's really high up there, right under the economy, which is always the number one issue when people are picking a president. I I'm really glad you made the point about Jocelyn Benson, because I think a lot of there's been so much that has happened and so much was happening in that moment. A lot of people have forgotten things or kind of moved past things. A and the timeline here is critical. These two individuals, canvassers, voted against certifying. Then after the significant public pressure uh, that Arrow was citing, they changed their votes. Then the phone call happened. When they were asked about the phone call, one of the people, Monica Palmer, said that she felt no pressure to change her vote. And yet the next day, they sent in sworn affidavits trying to change their vote, which they legally couldn't. The pressure happened. They tried to change their votes. This all matters. 